Somebody ought to go ahead and give him a Psalm 150 praise. And praise him according to his excellent greatness. If he's never done anything for you today, just go ahead and sit there. But if he ever made a way where there was no way, and he ever opened a door for you, and he ever healed your body, and he ever broke a chain in your life, then take about 30 seconds and rear back and praise him according to his excellent greatness. Come on, somebody give him a praise. Somebody give him a praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo! My God, somebody ought to do a hallelujah check this morning. You got to make sure you're sitting next to the right person in this place. Turn to your neighbor, tell them hallelujah. If they stared at you like you were crazy, grab your Bible, tell them I'm going to sit somewhere else this morning. Turn around and shout to somebody else, hallelujah. If they shouted hallelujah at you, give them a high five and tell them let's have church. Woo! There's a lot of Holy Ghost in this place this morning. I believe you can get what you need before you leave this house. What a privilege and an honor it is to be back at Cornerstone this morning with God's wonderful people. And I'm looking around seeing so many familiar faces and so many new faces. Thank God for his great people. Amen. There's nothing like the family of God. And I'm so excited about everything that the Lord is doing in this house. I want to take just a brief moment to give double honor, great honor to the angel of this city, your incredible bishop and first lady. Would you help me lift the roof off this place? Come on, we can do better than that if you know that God has blessed you with the best. Lift the roof off this place and give God a great praise for Bishop and First Lady Mayo this morning. Amen, amen. I love and appreciate them so very, very much. And um, their friendship and their kindness in my life is absolutely incalculable. And uh, I want them to know how much they mean to me today and what a privilege it is to be in the house of the Lord. I, I wonder if anybody came to have church this morning. Now, y'all were shouting with the beat, but can you shout with the meat this morning? Tell your neighbor preaching is not a spectator sport. Did anybody come to preach this morning? Woo! My God, go with me to the book of Joshua, chapter number 6. There you will find my assignment for this morning. Joshua chapter 6, verse number 1. When somebody has it, shout word up. If you don't have it, just fake it. Just, just, just act like you got it. It says, now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, see, I have given into thine hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor. And ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go round about the city once. And thus shalt thou do six days. And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns. 
And the seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times. And the priest shall blow with the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when ye hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. Verse number 16 says, And it came to pass at the seventh time when the priests blew with the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord hath given you the city. Woo! I need a few people to just mix your faith uh, with the word of the Lord in this house. I want to preach for a few moments about God's supernatural strategy to take uh, your city. My God, put your Bibles down in one more time. Clap your hands uh, like you're believing God this morning uh, to take uh, your city. My God, my God, my God. Come on, somebody stir it up in this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ushers, if you could help me with the monitors, you can be seated for a moment. If you could help me with as much monitor as you can. When I shout, I want my hair to part right down the middle. Like the Red Sea. As God's people approach and cross over the river Jordan into the promised land, one of the first things that God begins to establish in this new paradigm of promise and power is the understanding that in their quest to possess the land that God had already deeded unto them, that their warfare would be unusual. As they began to approach uh, the walled city of Jericho uh, at the end of chapter number 5, uh, the Bible said uh, that Joshua sees uh, a man who is standing there uh, with a sword drawn uh, in a posture of warfare. Uh, and he has the gall uh, and the tenacity uh, to approach the man uh, and tell him, uh, are you for us uh, or are you for uh, our enemies. Now where I come from, that's like going down the hood and saying, what set you claiming, homie? Are you for us or are you against us? Now many would teach or preach that this was uh, an angelic visitation. But can I tell you this morning uh, that this was not an angel, uh, but rather this was uh, a theophanistic expression uh, of God uh, himself. Uh, how do you know that? Because if you read the word of the Lord, uh, you will find that this man tells him, uh, Joshua, take your shoes off, uh, for the place whereon thou standest uh, is holy ground. This is reminiscent uh, of a conversation uh, between God and Moses uh, at a burning bush. Uh, and then if you remove the parenthetical separation uh, between the last verse of chapter 5 and the beginning of chapter 6, uh, there is a continuation in the dialogue uh, between Joshua and this man uh, whom the Bible begins to say uh, that the Lord uh, spoke uh, unto Joshua. This was not an angel, uh, but it was God uh, himself. Uh, and as Joshua approached Jericho, uh, the first thing God wanted them to know uh, is that the God uh, that they served uh, had showed up uh, to the battle. Uh, that they were not fighting on their own, uh, but that God uh, had showed up uh, to uh, the battle. I came to preach uh, to Cornerstone this morning uh, that your God uh, has already showed up uh, for what you're about to take uh, dominion over uh, in this city. Uh, 
Oh, I feel like preaching uh, to somebody in this place. Uh, two women gave birth in the Bible. Uh, one in fear, uh, one in faith. Uh, one named her child Ichabod, uh, which means the glory uh, has departed. Uh, but the other one named her child uh, Emmanuel, uh, which means God is uh, with us. Uh, I came to declare uh, to the devil this morning, uh, Emmanuel uh, is greater uh, than Ichabod. Uh, God is with us when you're feeling alone, when you're feeling like it's hard, when you're feeling like it's impossible. I came to remind you that God is with us. I just need a few people in the building that recognize you're in a fight, but God is with you. Woo! Furthermore, he begins to tell Joshua, I am not on your side, and I'm not on their side. But as captain of the host, am I now come? In other words, Joshua, it's not about whose side am I on. The real question is, are you on the Lord's side? Because this battle doesn't belong to you. This battle belongs to me. I feel like preaching to somebody this morning that the battle belongs to God. We're not building our own thing. We're not doing our own work. We're not building our own name and kingdom. This is the kingdom of God. This is the Lord's battle. This is the Lord's work. This is the Lord's call. And God said, I have showed up and I'm the captain of the host. Can I remind somebody that we serve a God that has never lost a battle? I thought I'd have a few more people excited about that this morning. Uh, we serve a God uh, that has never uh, lost uh, a battle before. You see, we don't believe in soteriological predestination. But we do believe in the predestination of the church. And there was a prophecy over the church before the doors were ever opened. Before Peter ever preached his first message. Before they ever sang their first song. Jesus said, upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. There was a promise of victory a promise of dominion, a promise of authority before they ever, you're part of a church that cannot lose. You're part of a church that has a promise of victory, a promise of power. Oh, I wonder how much different uh, we would act uh, if we knew we couldn't lose. Uh, I wonder how much different uh, our warfare would be uh, if we had a revelation uh, that we cannot lose. You see, that's what caused David to march onto a battlefield and look a giant in the eye is he had a word from God. He had anointed, been anointed to be king over Israel. And the fact of the matter is that he wasn't the king yet. And so when he faced Goliath, there was something in the back of his mind that had an understanding. Listen there, buddy. I know this is dangerous and the odds are against me. But the fact is, I've got a promise that I'm going to be the king. And it hasn't happened yet. So that tells me that anything in this battle is inconsequential to the plan of God. There's no way... You can kill me. There's no way that I can lose. That's what God's looking for this morning is a church that will begin to posture itself and understand that I've got a promise of power and victory. Woo. Can I put it in modern day lingo? No matter what the weapon is, we win. 
Can I buy an amen in the building for $20? I said, no matter what the weapon is, we win. I wish somebody would shout that in the face of your problem this morning. I wish somebody would shout that in the face of your adversity this morning. We win. We win. We win. And so, if you begin to look closely at the text, there is an unseen element to this scenario that is playing out in Joshua chapter number 6. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 1 says, Now faith is, tell your neighbor, faith is the substance Tell your neighbor substance of things hoped for, and it is the evidence. Somebody shout evidence of things that are not seen. Faith is substance and it's evidence. I said faith is substance and it's evidence of things that are hoped for and things that are not seen. Faith is the fifth dimension tangibility of what is absent in the third dimension. What we cannot put our hand on, our faith can embrace. What we cannot measure with a measuring tape, our faith can calculate. And the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 7 that we walk by faith. And not by sight. Now this is antithetical to the physiological world that you and I live in because we depend on the ocular capabilities of our eyeballs in order to see and be able to walk. If the lights were shut off in here this morning, I would not be able to navigate properly. I would be hesitant to move forward because of what I can not see. But the Bible said that we don't walk according to what we see, but we walk according to the evidence uh, of things that are not seen uh, and the substance uh, of things uh, that are whole. I wish somebody would get this this morning. Uh, In other words, uh, my steps are not dictated by the tangible thing that I can see. But my steps, rather, are ordered by the evidence of what I can't see and the substance of the thing that I'm hoped for. Let me preach it a little bit further for you. The Bible said uh, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. And one writer said, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. How is it that faith uh, which is not measured by what we see uh, can bring the illumination uh, of the pathway uh, and make a difference uh, in how I walk uh, and respond. In other words, uh, God, uh, I don't have to see you uh, as long uh, as I can hear you. God, I don't have to see it uh, as long uh, as I can hear it. Uh, Lord, your word uh, is enough uh, for me to navigate uh, in the darkness. Uh, God, your word uh, is enough uh, for me to see uh, what I can't see with my eyes. Uh, Your word uh, is all I'm preaching uh, to this house tonight uh, in the next dimension uh, of God's dominion. Uh, For this house, uh, there has got to be a revelation, uh, fresh understanding of the unseen, of the dimension of faith. God said, I need you to be able to walk not according to what you see, but according to the revelation of my word that's going to bring faith into your spirit. God, I don't have to be able to see you. I don't have to be able to see it as long as I can hear your word because your faith 
is going to activate my walk. We don't walk by what we see. We walk by faith and not by sight. And so there is a dynamism of duality in the kingdom of God of things that are seen and things that are unseen. And it is the element of faith uh, that works betwixt the two. Uh, with one hand, faith uh, holds on to the tangible. Uh, and with the other hand, uh, faith uh, holds on to the unseen, uh, reconciling uh, the one uh, with the other. Uh, faith brings uh, the reality of our third dimensional existence uh, into context uh, with the fifth dimensional patterns uh, and the promises uh, of God. Uh, it cannot happen with the absence of faith you have to be able to hear you have to be able to focus on what you can not see I'm going somewhere faith is the evidence of what I can't see and it's substance of what I'm hoping for why does this have anything to do with the text because the book of Hebrews chapter number 30 says that by faith the unseen the walls of Jericho the seen fell down by faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. They walked not according to what they could see, but according to the word of the Lord. What they could see was impossible. What they could see was impenetrable. What they could see didn't make any sense. But faith, when they heard the word of the Lord, they got the revelation. We walk by faith and not by sight. What I see in a big wall is not going to stop me from moving forward in the promise of God because I'm not walking according to what I see, but by by faith, uh, the walls uh, of Jericho uh, came down uh, after uh, they compassed them about. Jericho was a fight of faith. There was a reconciliation between the scene and the unseen. You have to be able to put the seen and the unseen into context. Oftentimes, in order to experience the great depths of God's promises, it requires us to be able to get the unseen and the seen and bring them together to get a clear picture of what it is that God really wants to do. Let me put it like this. When you see an iceberg... The part that you see above the surface, although it might look large, it might look uh, whatever it is, uh, there is something below the surface uh, that is unseen to the eye, uh, that until you see uh, what is below the surface, uh, you really can't get a context uh, of the larger picture uh, of what is really uh, taking place. Let me put that into biblical context for you. When you begin to read the story of Job, the narrative unfolds and we find a man who seemingly because of the cares of life goes through some struggles and he loses his family and he loses his house and he loses his livestock and his health comes under attack. And to the seen eye, it's a man that's ran in to a spot of bad luck. Oh, you could just say that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Poor Job, we hope everything is all right. But then the word of the Lord peels back the curtain and gives us a glimpse into the unseen, into another dimension whereby we get a greater understanding and a context of what it is that is really taking place. And Job is oblivious to the fact that all of these circumstances really have nothing to do 
uh, with what he can see uh, or what he can understand. Uh, but the Lord pulls back the curtain uh, and we see uh, a dimension uh, where the very character uh, and the, the virtue of God uh, is being questioned uh, by the dominions of hell. Uh, and God uh, has orchestrated uh, all of the events uh, of Job's life uh, in order to reclaim uh, his, uh, uh, can you hear what I'm saying? Uh, in order for God to establish uh, his name uh, again in the earth, uh, you've got to be able uh, to reconcile uh, the unseen uh, with the seen uh, in order to understand. Uh, Job, uh, this is just a struggle. Uh, Job, uh, this just isn't some bad luck. Uh, but if you can get a hold uh, of the unseen, uh, God is at work. Uh, God is doing great things. Uh, God is about to blow uh, your uh, mind. Uh, I came to preach uh, to Cornerstone uh, that it is imperative uh, that in this next season uh, you're able to bring into context uh, the seen uh, and the unseen. Uh, there is a great thing uh, that God is orchestrating uh, in the heavenlies. Why is this important to understand? I've been at sea level too long. Dear God. Because in the final summation of creation, Genesis chapter 2, verse number 1, the Bible says this, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished. Tell your neighbor, finished. And all the host of them. When God got done with all of his creation, the Bible said not only were the mountains in place and the seas in their place and the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea and the beautiful scenery, but also God completed the creation of the host. You say, what is host? What is the host? When you begin to study etymologically what that word host means, you will find that it is the word tasaba. And the word tasaba means an organized army that has been set aside that is awaiting the signal for their particular battle. Some of y'all get in just a moment. Uh, when God finished uh, the creation uh, at the very beginning, uh, he also uh, pre-created uh, entire uh, angelic armies uh, that he said, I uh, am going to place them uh, in strategic places uh, all over the earth. Uh, and when the time comes, uh, they are going to be in place uh, and ready uh, for battle. I preached all of that just to get back to my text because when Joshua approaches the walled city, the man says, I have come as captain of the host, the Tassaba. I have come as captain of the host. It's the same word, Tassaba. And he said, for this, I am now come. You understand? He was already there when Joshua showed up. He was already in place when Joshua showed up. And if the captain of the host is there, that must mean that the host is there. In other words, Joshua, we've been waiting for you to get to this place. We've been waiting for you to get to this very moment. Joshua, before you ever arrived here, God had an angelic army that was waiting for you. Joshua, before you ever stepped here, God already had your reinforcements. I came to preach the cornerstone. You're not waiting on God for anything. God has been waiting on you to show up to this time and this place. And I came to preach to you that the captain of the host is here in this place. And he's ready to fight. He's ready for war. He's waiting. Come on. 
on, somebody. He's waiting for you to get to the impossible. He's waiting for you to get to the impenetrable. He's waiting for you to get to a wall that looks like it won't come down. How is this going to happen? It's going to be divine assistance. It's going to be divine power. Cornerstone, I came to preach to you that what God is about to do is going to require divine assistance. It's going to require the hand of God over this house. Somebody give him a shout of praise this morning. Come on, somebody give him a praise. God said, I'm waiting. And when you get there, you understand that Jericho represented a brand new paradigm, a promise. It was the first place they went when they crossed the river. This was a brand new land. This was brand new territory. And God said, when you get to that place, I need you to go beyond what you see. And I need you to be able to access the element of the unseen. I need you to be able to go past the large walls and the impenetrable circum, the impenetrable fence that the enemy has. You've got to be able to see that there is an angelic host that is here that's ready to work for you, that's ready to fight for you, that's ready to take on every demonic attack uh, that should rise against you. You see, I, I kind of figured that would be a little bit of the response there. I'll tell you why. Because we don't have a problem believing in devils. <laughs> we don't have a problem with devils. Somebody come to church. Oh, Brother Ryan. <laughs> Pray for me because the devil has been messing with me all week long. You know what we do? Oh, God, brother, let's pray. We plead the blood against the devil. Oh, Satan, the Lord. We ain't got a problem believing in devils. The Lord, Ruby Choir, gets up singing, my dance will curse Satan. Under, I mean, we'll move because we believe the devil is under our feet. But let somebody come into the house. Oh, Brother Ryan, you'll never guess what's been going on this week. All week long, there have been angels visiting me. You know what we do? Um, I'll be back pretty soon, Brother Ryan. <laughs> we have an aversion to believing in angels, uh, but we got a whole lot of faith in devils. Now, now listen, I, I'm not real smart mathematically. My favorite subject in school was trigonometry. <laughs> Y'all remember I was an honor student. <laughs> yes, Your Honor. No, Your Honor. I'm sorry, Your Honor. I won't do it again, Your Honor. <laughs> I was an honor student. Now, I'm not real good, but I, but I found something, Bishop, over in Revelation chapter 12. That tells me that two-thirds of the angels, now that's, that's, a, that's a fraction, right? Right, right, two-thirds, okay. That two-thirds, 67%, whatever. <laughs> two-thirds, when Satan was cast out of heaven, two-thirds of the angels were cast out with him. Now, if I'm doing my math correctly, if two one-third, I'm sorry, see, see, I told y'all I was messed up. Okay, so one-third, if one-third of the angels was cast out of heaven, then, then, then deductive reasoning would tell me that two-thirds of the angels still remain. 
Now, if you were to break that down to a ratio, and I don't know how to do that because I'm not good at math, but if you were to break that down, some smart person could break that down to a ratio. I believe somebody told me uh, that that would make a ratio uh, of two uh, to one. For every devil, uh, there are two angels. Uh, You know what that tells me? Uh, That you're twice as likely uh, to have an angelic encounter uh, as you are uh, a demonic uh, encounter. Uh, So for all of you saints this morning uh, that were shouting earlier uh, about stomping on the devil's head, uh, I need you to go ahead and shout uh, because of the angels uh, that God has sent uh, to this church. Uh, Come on, uh, come on, somebody. Uh, If you can shout uh, over defeating the devil, uh, I need you to shout uh, over the Tassaba, over the angels uh, that God said, uh, Cornerstone, uh, open your eyes. Uh, There's angelic hosts uh, that are surrounding you. Uh, Cornerstone, uh, open your eyes. Uh, I've got something uh, in the heavenlies. Uh, Oh, I wish somebody right now uh, would go ahead. Come on, uh, two angels uh, for every devil. You know what that means? Uh, Get your eyes uh, off of the devil uh, and get your eyes uh, on the angels. Uh, Get your eyes uh, off of the opposition. Uh, Get your eyes uh, off of the demons. Uh, And get your eyes uh, on the angelic uh, divine uh, assistance uh, that God uh, has brought to this house. Come on. Quit looking at impossibility. Quit listening to the sound of doubt and fear. Open your eyes and begin to see. Come on. We don't walk by what we see, but we walk by the evidence of the unseen and the substance. Come on. I'm preaching to you that there is evidence of an unseen army in this house today. There is, oh, come on, somebody. There is a substance of what you cannot see uh, in this place today. Come on. Come on, I'm preaching to this church. Uh, You got to get beyond the natural. Uh, It's time to see uh, in a different dimension. Uh, It's time to ascertain uh, God's plan uh, in the dimension uh, of the unseen uh, for this church. Something's about to break loose in this house right now. Something's about to break loose in this place. Something is about to shift into a new paradigm of faith and promise. God is about to elevate somebody out of the walls that have surrounded you. God is about to elevate somebody out of the muck and the mire of fear and unbelief. God is about to lift your head to begin to see. Come on, Job. If you could access the heavenlies, you would understand that God is at work, that there are big things that God is... Come on, I need somebody right now uh, to understand uh, that if there's one devil uh, and two angels, uh, one apostolic uh, and two angels uh, against one devil, uh, three pit bulls uh, on one chihuahua, uh, you've got this thing. uh, You've got the victory. uh, You just got to operate in the dimension uh, of the unseen. uh, You've got to operate according to the evidence uh, of what you can not see. I feel something divine about to break loose. 
I believe if you tapped into it this morning, uh, you would feel the brush uh, of angels' wings uh, around this place. Uh, I believe uh, that if you tapped into it, uh, you would begin to sense uh, the holy cherubims uh, and the archangels of God uh, that are visiting this house. Uh, Come on, Cornerstone. Uh, You're not waiting on God. Uh, God's already here. Uh, The angels are already here. Uh, They've been waiting uh, on you. Come on. God said, Joshua, I've been waiting on my people uh, to show up. Uh, I've been waiting on my people uh, to get to this place. Uh, I've been waiting on my church uh, to come to a wall uh, that looks insurmountable. Uh, I've been waiting uh, on my people uh, to show up in a land uh, that looks too large, uh, that looks too big, uh, that looks unattainable. Uh, Joshua, I have come now. Come on, he's here right now. He's here now. He's here now. My God. I wonder what could happen in the next few moments uh, if every person in this building uh, got under the influence uh, of the Holy Ghost uh, and began to sense uh, there are angels present. Uh, The heavenlies uh, have descended uh, into this house. Uh, God is standing with us. Uh, God is ready. Uh, God is working uh, on our uh, behalf. Come on, I'm talking to some families right now. You've been in some Job situations, but if God could pull back the curtain, you would understand that there is something greater and mightier and stronger that is taking place in your family, in your home, in this church. Listen, I want you to keep praying. I want you to keep praying, but I want you to listen. (laughs) Second Kings chapter 6. The Bible said that the servant of the prophet Elisha came running to him and he said, don't you see that the enemy has us surrounded? Don't you see that we're in an impossible situation? When the man of God looks at him, he simply lifts up his eyes and prays this prayer, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. And when his eyes were open, he began to see the host of the angelic armies that had them surrounded and everything changed. I wonder what would happen in this place if we got a fresh vision and a fresh revelation of the angelic activity that God has orchestrated on our behalf this morning. Come on. Come on, I need somebody right now to lift your hands. You're in the presence of angels. Somebody lift your hands. God said, this isn't your battle. This is my fight. God said, I showed up because I'm going to fight this for you. I showed up. Come on. Come on. All I need you to do is to keep on marching and keep on walking. All I need you to do is keep moving in the direction of the promise. All I need you to do is to keep marching around a wall that looks like it will not come down. Go. Go. Come on. Come on. Come on, my dear brother. Come on, my dear sister. You're not by yourself. God has not forgotten about you. You're not facing this on your own. But there are angelic beings that have been appointed for such a time as this. Come on. 
Come on. I want to keep on preaching, but there is a divine interruption of the Holy Ghost in this place right now, right now, right now. Come on, I came to preach uh, to some young people uh, about your school. Uh, the walls uh, are coming uh, down. Uh, I came to preach uh, to some families this morning uh, that the walls uh, are coming uh, down. Uh, I know it looks like you're outnumbered. Uh, I know it looks like you don't have the resource. Uh, I know it looks impossible. Uh, but God uh, is fighting uh, on your behalf. Come on, reach for it, Cornerstone. I need somebody to pray in the Holy Ghost. I need somebody to pray in the Holy Ghost. As you begin to pray in the Holy Ghost, God's about to open your perception. God's about to open what you see. God's going to give you a vision of the intangible, the evidence of things not seen, the substance of things that are hoped for. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, Come on. God's got a supernatural strategy uh, to take your city. Come on. Come on. Come on, ma'am. I know your family situation uh, looks impossible, uh, but there are angels uh, that are waiting. Uh, there's a God in heaven uh, that's listening. Uh, lift up your hands. Uh, lift up your eyes. Uh, lift up your voice. Uh, God uh, is working. Come on, come on, Cornerstone. Come on, Cornerstone. In this new paradigm, in this new land, in this new dimension, God needs a people that will invoke the heavenlies. God needs a people that will provoke the angelic host. God needs a people that will provoke. Come on, lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. The captain of the host is here. The captain of the host is here this morning. Come on. Come on, saint of God. Come on, saint of God. There's some big dreams. There's some big visions that have looked unattainable. But the Holy Ghost is here, and it's coming to pass. The Holy Ghost is here, and it's coming to pass. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, Cornerstone. Come on, this isn't an ordinary Sunday. This isn't just another Sunday service. The heavenlies are touching the earthly today. God is pulling back the curtain of the other dimension in this place. God has pulled back and opened the door of the heavenlies this morning. Reach for it. Come on, reach for it. Come on, reach for it. Reach for it, Cornerstone. There are miracles. I said there are miracles, signs, and wonders that are about to unfold. 
there are miracles, signs, and wonders that are beyond your capacity to believe, that are beyond your ability to measure, that are beyond your ability to see it. Come on. God's opening your eyes. God's opening your eyes. God's opening your eyes. Can you see it? Can you see it? Joshua, see, I have given you the city. Come on, Joshua. Can you see it? Come on, Joshua. Can you see it? Can you see it? Can you see it? Come on, I need every saint of God in this place uh, that needs a miracle to lift your hands. Uh, I need every saint of God uh, in this place uh, that has some things uh, that you're believing God for uh, to lift your hands uh, and begin to pray, God, uh, open my eyes. Uh, God, open uh, my eyes uh, to see. Uh, come on. Come on, pray. Come on, pray. Come on, pray. Come on. Come on, open up your eyes. Lift your hands. Let God lift you into the dimension of the unseen. Let God elevate your vision into the dimension of the things hopeful. Go, go. 